Hey guys, it's Gabby. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to share some really exciting news with you. We're launching the Corporate Quitter Club. Not only will this community connect you with people just like you who want to build a business or explore side hustles, but you'll get the opportunity to attend live webinars, learn from experts and entrepreneurs who've quote unquote made it, and get exclusive access to masterclasses, workbooks, materials, and Corporate Quitter merchandise. So the question is, are you ready to make 2021 the last year you clock into your nine to five? Visit corporatequitter.com forward slash community to get on the wait list. Hope to see you there. You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Corporate Quitter. I'm Gabby Ionel, your host, and today's guest is Kathy Davis. She's a plant-based lifestyle coach and recipe developer, the CEO of veginspire.com, and the author of two cookbooks, The 30-Minute Whole Food Plant-Based Cookbook and The Super Easy Plant-Based Cookbook. She helps people successfully transition to a plant-based way of eating that supports a fast-paced lifestyle without requiring hours in the kitchen or the added stress of what am I going to eat? And I talk to so many of my friends and everyone is always stressing about what am I going to cook? When am I going to make it? How am I going to do all this? So I'm so grateful, not only from an entrepreneurial perspective that you're on here, but also that you can kind of dive into that whole drama and all that too. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here. So can you give us a backstory? I know you have like a very loaded story in a great way, right? You've you've come from so many different directions. You've done so many things. So can you enlighten the listeners kind of where you journeyed from and where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a former school teacher. I had a passion for education. I stayed on and got my master's. I loved teaching and my life kind of evolved. I was out of the classroom for about seven years working in a business and I really liked that entrepreneurial life, but I was working for somebody else. And about the same time is when I found out about the health benefits of eating plant-based vegan and took me a while to make the transition, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about in a minute, but I really loved what I was learning. And so I married that passion for my own education and inspiring others with everything I was learning about plant-based eating and veganism and created Veg Inspired. And that was in February of 2015. So it's been around, it's been here for about six years with recipes and lifestyle tips and all of that. And I was approached last year, actually in July, to write a cookbook. And I put that cookbook together. And then I was approached for the second cookbook and was like, yeah, I totally have to do this. It was so much fun. And then I actually just announced that I released my third cookbook. So I really, really enjoy making plant-based eating accessible. And over the course of developing those cookbooks, my lifestyle changed a little bit too from a full-on vegan eating all the things to more of the whole food plant-based style of eating, which is what the cookbooks really dig into is making easy, fun, flavorful plant-based recipes. And now I help other people do that through my coaching program. It's such an evolution of transition to go from educating children and coaching adults and things all the way up now to helping people with this lifestyle change. That's, I guess that's my story in a nutshell. And should we share the fun fact? Yeah, go ahead. Now, 
Yeah. And so fun fact, I do all of this from the road. I travel full time in a fifth wheel RV with my husband and our three cats. So cool. And you know, the thing too is like, I think it's also really inspiring for a lot of people to hear that you have been able to kind of do, I don't want to say the opposite of what's traditional, but right. You know, you did all the things that people were probably like, oh, you can't do that. That's not going to work. Why why are you doing a blog? Why are you hitting the road? And you're like, nope, I'm going to do it anyway. Cause it fulfills all my values and needs. And here you are thriving and you're healthy and like crushing it. Thank you. Yes. It's definitely the deviation of what's normal or what's expected. Even though I started at that place, I've been able to really harness that energy and passion into something else. So cool. Now, random, um, just for people who are listening, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, is there a clear difference between being vegan and whole food plant-based like dieting? Because they seem like they're somewhat the same, but what's the difference? I like to look at it as veganism is a lifestyle decision that affects more than your food. From my perspective, yes, I eat a whole food plant-based vegan diet, which is described really as foods that are as close to nature intended. Lots of whole grains, vegetables, potatoes, brown rice, fruits, whereas a vegan diet alone might look more like vegan cheeses and processed vegan foods, which are all amazing. And I fully support the brands that are bringing this to the market because it's making it more accessible. But what I learned over the years is those whole foods really help nourish our body and help fuel that energy to do all the things that we want to do. So I do not eat the processed foods a lot, but they are part of living a vegan lifestyle in that if I'm out and need a burger, I'll have a veggie burger. Or if I am at a place that has vegan cheese on the burger, I'll eat that. Or if I go get pizza and they have vegan cheese, we'll have a light sprinkle of that. I'm not against it. I'm more about intention and really harnessing the power of whole plant foods. I also think veganism extends, like I said, beyond the food to encompass the way you interact with nature, the way you interact with animals. If you use animal products for clothing, if your products are tested on animals, it really is a much bigger change than just dietary. So there are people who eat whole food plant-based that aren't vegans. They might still wear a leather jacket or a leather belt or their shoes. And for a while, I still wore what I had. I just didn't buy new things. But as things needed to be replaced... I was able to make a more animal-friendly choice, I suppose. I'm glad you explained the two because even for me, it could get a bit muddy when you really think about the difference between the two because you're like, oh, well, it's just you don't eat meat and it's kind of a bit more than that. But can you get into kind of like, I know you were a teacher and then you started doing this. What was the inspiration for you to get into this? Like, what was it that took this off the ground? Like, how did you start it as a side? Like, was it a side hustle? How'd you start it? All of that. I would say that... When I first learned about eating plant-based, it was my husband who brought it to my attention and said, you know, this is a really optimum diet. It really helps prevent and reverse any of the standard American diseases. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I'm not giving up my burgers and blue cheese dressing and all those things. Like we all have that thing that we don't want to give up. And over the six months that it really took me to make the full transition, I learned that plant-based foods could be delicious cheeses, and I'm putting them in air quotes, made from nuts or squash and nutritional yeast, all these ingredients I'd heard of, but not in that application, could be flavorful. 
they could work in exchange for the animal-based products. And as I learned that, I wished that I had had some resources that could really not only provide the facts, but also inspire me. That's really where Veg Inspired came from. And I ran it alongside working not in full corporate, small businesses, in marketing and financial positions, administrative positions. And I really learned those entrepreneurial skills that were necessary to take it from a food recipe blog to a full-on business. And I was inspired to make it a business. I was inspired to make it more than here's a free recipe. I want to really be able to lead the industry with both factual and inspirational information. Yeah. And I love that too, because like you had said before, food is medicine. Like that is the point of food. And I think sometimes we forget it and we mask it with the idea of like food has to taste good and it has to mean something. And we use it as an out versus like a method of basically helping the body grow and and rejuvenate the cells and all of it. So I'm glad that you were able to find something that works really well for your body. Cause I know for some people too, like eating a veggie based diet doesn't always work either within their like realm of work or travel or whatever it is and their lifestyle habits, or it just doesn't work in the way of like their body needs protein in order for them to feel good. At least protein by the meat way, sorry, by the, by the non veggie way. Right. Well, and I think some of that too is our comfort level. You know, I tell people a lot that one of the hardest things about eating plant-based specifically is hearing other people talk about their ailments and not connecting that it's the food that they eat. And that can be so hard and so frustrating, but it really is about that education point. It really is about expanding what we know and learning how we can make a mostly plant-based or even plant-centered way of eating work for us. Oh, I never heard that term before, plant-centered. I like that. It's not saying like I can't have anything else, but it's like predominantly at the base, the foundation of what I eat is going to be like real plants, like real food. Right. Cool. I like that. I'm going to use that. (laughs) It's not one way or the highway type of mentality. Exactly. Intention. So what made you and your husband, John, want to sell your home and move into an RV and like do all this? Like clearly like you had the story behind, okay, why I want to start Veg Inspire, but how did you selling off everything and like going against the grain, right? The adversity with people and downsizing and all of it. Like how did that all transpire? It was fast. I would say that it was a dream in the making that we didn't even know we had. It was a seed that was planted. And one of the things we found the year before we decided to sell our house and move into an RV to travel is we went to Chicago for the weekend and we loved it. And we kept saying, when we come back, we're going to go here and here. And I can't wait to come back. And we did a whole food tour. We probably ate at 12 restaurants in a four day weekend. Our second trip that we had planned was supposed to be to Philadelphia, but our cat got sick and we couldn't leave him with a cat sitter. We'd have to administer medicine and all of that. So we didn't go. We found that both that and our vacation schedules made us so limited on our ability to travel and we wanted more. But it really started, we were looking at houses and kitchens specifically to renovate our kitchen in our townhouse that we owned to make it more YouTube friendly because I was filming recipe videos and I really wanted this fancy kitchen. And I don't know whose idea it was. We were thinking maybe we'll buy property and put a 
fancy house with a kitchen on it. But there were both mobile homes and modular homes that had these amazing kitchens. And the more we dug into it, we said, well, gosh, if we're going to buy land, what if we lived in an RV on that? I mean, RVs are so fancy now. They are so fancy. They're beautiful. Some of them are like million dollars. Easily million dollars. Yes, they're fantastic. So if we're going to live in an RV, what if, what if we didn't buy land? What if we traveled? And that was the beginning. And I remember the day that we said that, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, we could do that one day. Then things happened and we were looking at what this could look like if we did it now. What would happen if what we wanted happened faster? Some situations in our life kind of led us to the realization that life is really short. And in order for us to have the life we wanted, we needed to take back some of that control of what the real American dream was. So we created our own. We created our own version of the American dream. And once we made the decision, the process happened very fast. Like how so? Like, did you have the money saved to buy it? Like you were able to work remotely? Like, I mean, were you able to sell off all your belongings and downsize? Like, how did that happen? Oh, wow. So we made the, I remember looking at RVs on my birthday that year, which is in February, but we really made the decision. We announced to our families that we were going to push forward in May. We met with our real estate agent in July. She listed the house in August. In September, we had scheduled this big garage sale. We took time off of work. We were going to have this huge sale. We were going to sell everything that we owned. Whatever didn't sell, we were going to make a very large donation and we were downsizing. It was it. It was challenging because you have things that you don't want to get rid of. But for the most part, we were so excited that all things just kind of happened. The morning of our garage sale in September, we received and accepted an offer on our house with a 30-day buy. They wanted to be in in October. And we were both like, oh my goodness, this is happening so fast. And I remember calling the campgrounds. We were going to Florida. We were in Pittsburgh. We would be leaving that area in the end of October because of the winter. So I remember calling campgrounds in Florida and I had one lady that said, oh, honey, you really should have booked this a year ago. We book up a year in advance. And I started thinking, oh my gosh, I don't think I did enough research. And I did a lot of research, but there's always these little nuances that you don't consider Looking back now, it was a worry that was irrelevant because we found campgrounds. But in that moment, I thought, oh my goodness, have I just made the biggest mistake? That was two and a half years ago, September and October of 2018, and it's now 2021. And it was the best decision we could have ever made. That's so cool that you were able to transition and like, and the thing too, that's great is like, you can always go back if you really wanted to, like you could always find a home, purchase it and like, but now you can never say that you didn't do the thing. Like you did it, right? We did it and we love it. We don't see an end in sight, but we always tell people, we're just going to go as far as we can see. And when we get there, we'll be able to see further. And that's really the truth because I could tell you what I think's going to happen, but we don't know. Can't predict those things. So just living in the moment and enjoying the journey. And as it gets to the next step, we'll just see how far we get. Yeah. But if anything, I think that's a great thing because so many people get caught up in like the anxieties and the fears about the future that they actually never live in their day to day. And it's like, you're in this motion of like going with the flow, like 
suffering, right? You're just like managing the day versus like actually enjoying it. So it's good that you found something that like you are enjoying and you and John can obviously have more time together and you get to see cool things. And you could say by the end that you had a very full life. Definitely. We've been to 20 states with the RV, 18 national parks. It's incredible. Countless plant-based and vegan restaurants that we've been able to enjoy and support the small businesses along the way. It's a real blessing, a real treat. So cool. So how did you make the transition out of your like job, like your actual go to the office desk job to now being on the road for both of you too, right? Is it that Veg Inspired was doing so well and it pays the bills and you're on the road? Like how is everything working out now too? Like what was the the full picture of finances and everything? Yes. So Veg Inspired was not paying the bills <laughs> when we left on the road. I was actually working in marketing and finance business administration for a small company. So I had to go in and have the conversation with my boss about going on the road. And then my husband works for a software company and he could work remotely, but he still needed to say to them, I'm going to work remotely, but I might be all the way across the country because I would like to travel in an RV. And I was pretty confident his bosses would be cool with it. What surprised me was their request was an internet plan. I thought that was very both responsible and very smart because what it forced us to do was figure out our backup plan. What were we going to do if we arrived at a campground that claimed they had good cell service and actually didn't? What do you do? Well, we fortunately have never had that happen, but we have two cellular devices. So when we have low bandwidth, one of us will use the one and one of us will use the other. Something else that we've done, we have a cellular router that actually has an ethernet plug. So it allows us to, it allows me, because I do most of the video calls, it allows me to connect directly with an ethernet cord, which takes the interference out or the cellular, which increases my bandwidth pretty significantly when you go from just Wi-Fi to your computer to that direct Ethernet connection. So that has been a lifesaver. There are devices that can boost your internet and cellular. We don't have any of those. We do plan our campgrounds around the cellular coverage maps, though. Unfortunately, we don't get to stay down deep in the national parks unless we take time off because we require that internet. But It's okay because we will take a day and drive into the park and really get to explore and not get caught up in both working and being at the park, which is nice. Nice. It's good that his employer was also like considerate of like, okay, this is what you want to do. We like you as an employee. We're going to meet you in the middle. But I take it maybe that wasn't the case with their employer or maybe prove me wrong. Like what what happened with that? So we gave them a 30-day notice. Actually, I think I gave my employer six weeks notice. And I was very rational when I went in. I said, listen, this is what we want to do. And his first question was, well, how long are you going to be gone? And I said, oh, we're selling the house. It's indefinite. Forever. (laughs) He was definitely caught off guard. I don't think he expected it. I honestly think when I said I wanted to talk to him that he was thinking that perhaps I was leaving or wanted to go part-time or something. Because I'd already gone to four 10-hour days to work veg inspired one full day a week. So I was starting to build it to a place where it might be able to sustain our bills and pay some bills, but it wasn't there yet. So when I had the conversation with him, I said, I think we have three options. One, in six weeks, we part ways. We hire somebody to take over for me full time. 
Two, I continue to do everything that I'm doing with a little bit of help from the associate that was in the office because obviously I couldn't print checks and things like that. Or three, we do some type of job share where we hire somebody part-time to take over the office work and then me part-time. I said, we have six weeks. This is not something we have to decide today. I really want you to take time to think about what's going to work for your business. Because I was intelligent. I had entrepreneurial experience. I wanted to make sure that the decision he made worked for his company, right? It's a small company. Everybody worked in the office. It wasn't as if he had dozens of remote employees like my husband's company did. And he decided to do the part-time. So I was going to remain on part-time and we hired somebody. We were able to hire that person in three weeks and I was able to work with her for three weeks in the office and really train her and get her a good foundation. And I transitioned to part-time when I left and it worked for a little while, about a year, a little over a year. But what we found was that traditional business sense really required somebody in the office and to really support what he was looking for. That's what he needed. I was okay with that. I was ready to run Veg Inspired full-time. I was able to give myself some transition time to build that up since I'd been working both part-time for him and then I would say full-time in Veg Inspired and really start to build relationships with other brands and offering recipe development and things of that nature. So when I parted ways at the end of 2019, I was really ready to run Veg Inspired. And then six months later, I got the cookbook deal for the first book And it really just built this, it just built around it. And I tell people, you know, one of the things that I had going for me was I had a foundation that I could put to work with good habits. And that's something that I've really had to develop working for myself. As any entrepreneur will tell you, it's really about those good habits to get the success, to to get to those results that you're looking for. Yeah. That coupled with consistency, I found is like, that is the guaranteed success formula. There is no get rich scheme or any of that. It's like, do the work and it'll come type of thing. But you have to be patient. Patience is so true. Yes. So, I mean, I congrats on your cookbook, by the way. I mean, I know I said it in the beginning, but like, it's really cool that in a lot of ways you're living the dream of many people who like love cooking or doing these other things. So like, how did you even get your cookbook opportunity? And like, what was some of the, I know you talked about discipline, but like, what were some of the hardest parts about taking on that responsibility? Because I'm sure it was equally amazing, but also really stressful. It was very stressful. So the cool thing about this cookbook is it was actually pitched by the publisher. So it was very publisher driven, which meant that I had full creative control of my recipes and what I wanted to use but they were very specific on what they were looking for, which was awesome because it gave me such a strong foundation for the process. And I would say that the hardest part was testing a recipe, having it not turn out, but needing to get right back into that kitchen and doing another recipe or redoing that recipe because there were days, I mean, I'm in a small space, no dishwasher. I did dishes six and seven times a day because I needed the pan that I used earlier. And it was something I'd never had. I'd always been on my own timeline for the blogs that I wrote for Veg Inspired. And I could kind of move things around as I needed to. And this was very deadline driven. It taught me that discipline that was necessary in order to reach the goal. And it was such an awesome experience when they asked if I'd be interested in a second book 
I couldn't turn it down. And the topic was so, so aligned with the first one, 30 minutes, making vegan meals accessible, making whole food plant-based meals accessible, and then super easy right on the coattails. And then the third book, when they said was budget friendly, it was just all just felt like myth busting all the excuses that people say. It takes too much time. The recipes are too hard. It's too expensive. Bam. I have three of them. I'm telling you, I'm providing this accessibility. And that's what I love about it. That's so cool. And I also similarly, I mean, I lived in Manhattan for a while, so things naturally were very expensive, but it was the same thing of like, I would go to Pinterest and I'm trying to find recipes and it's like, they say they're healthy, but they're not, or you have to get all these exotic ingredients and it becomes expensive. And it just comes back to like, I just want to eat good. I want it to taste at least decent. And I want it to be relatively like easy to do. I don't need all these crazy things. Like just give it to me straight. That's all I want. So I'm glad that at least someone in especially with your perspective, like food is medicine, whole plant-based food, you know, that diet is something that's accessible to a lot of people. Yes. And I, I really think one of my biggest tips for people is to keep it simple. Don't take on exotic recipes. Don't take on things that you've never had before. When I'm working with anybody who wants to eat more plants, that's always my catchphrase. You just want to eat more plants, just more accessibility, more plants, more plant-centered, as we said earlier. Eat more of the plants you already like. If you don't like kale, don't eat kale. If you love sweet potatoes, how can you take those sweet potatoes and make them into tacos, curry, chili? What can you do with those foods you already love? to make this easier on yourself. And that's always my number one tip to people outside of meal planning is to keep it very simple in the beginning. Learn how the flavors come together. Learn what you love. How do you keep the like momentum going and the creativity going? Because now write your three cookbooks in and you still have a blog. How do you still come up with those ideas? Because I can imagine after a while you're like, oh my God, I'm going to make chili for the seventh time with a different recipe. Like now what? What do I do? Make this new food thing up? Like how do you even do it? I love this question because it was something that we actually had a conversation about after we turned in book three. And I say we, because my husband is my biggest food tester, right? He probably loves it. He's probably like, this is the best job ever. (laughs) He's right there on the couch watching me. And I'm like, here, taste this. And I bring him a spoon. And so it's, while it's me, I really think he plays such an integral part. And after I turned in the book, I said to him, you know, my next book, which I'm not working on right now or anything, but I know that there'll be more, is going to be about trying different vegetables. I've cooked with bok choy once. I mean, I've cooked with it more than once, but I have one recipe that has it in it. I have one recipe that might use jackfruit. How else can I do it? And one of the things that I love is, well, there's two things that really drive creativity. One, going to restaurants in different places in the country has been amazing for creativity because every part of the country has a different nuanced flavor or a different style of cooking or a different trio of veggies that they use and really being able to harness in some of those flavors and those inspirations, but also talking to my clients and the people, members of my Facebook group about their family's recipes, things that they want to make plant-based or vegan and really looking at ways that we can make things that we love align with our food choices and food goals. So cool. Honestly, it's probably 
not only the most exciting because you get to see new places, but yes, it probably is like the most authentic way you would be able to see things like in the flesh. It's like almost when you go to different countries, which has a completely different cuisine, different lifestyle choices, everything. It, it inspires you to take a different glimpse at what you're already looking at versus if you're in the same place doing the same things, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So it's hitting the road is probably one of the best things you did for your business, probably, honestly. I feel like it's definitely fueling the creativity and also just the tenacity to keep things fresh. I move frequently. We stay places maybe a month. Right now we're in this like one week rotation of moving every week for the next six to eight weeks. With that kind of change, it keeps you on your toes. We're going to different grocery stores. We don't have access to all the same ingredients that we used to. So we have to be more creative. We have to think on our feet. We have to harness different flavors. And that's been really fun. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm sure your husband loves tasting them too. (laughs) He's just like, yeah, let's try this. Like random thing in the store. It's really cool that you two, you work as a partnership to keep this going and it's still fun and it's healthy. Like it hits so many different marks, even though it's outside of the traditional type of setting and even untraditional way of making money. Cause right. A lot of people are still like, it's taboo to make money online, right? Cause people start a blog and you're like, oh, you're a blogger. Like, there's no money in that. And then you see people like you and many others who are like, they're crushing it. They're, you know, they have their SEO down path. They got their social going. They have a full-fledged team of people. So it's it's really cool. It's very inspiring. Good. Yes, it's definitely, it's definitely fun too. That's the secret. It's just a different element, right? Yeah. Is that when I'm actually like, and I'm t- not talking about the mundane things. Like I have to do laundry. Like I don't necessarily love doing laundry, but it's not the end of the world. When I I worked in corporate, I like I enjoyed it. Sometimes I really enjoyed playing office, which I'm sure you did too. There's a method to the madness that seems satisfying, but at the same time, it doesn't mean I was having fun. But now, like I like I thrive. I'm thriving now because I get to have these conversations with people like you who are inspiring, and then you inspire other people, and it feels good to help. It's just like I would rather wake up every single day happy. Maybe life not be in the beginning, not be perfect or secure, and then everything else falls into place because you're having fun in the process. Definitely. And I think too, the mindset of happy, the mindset of living in the moment, the mindset of experiencing it, even if it is Monday, right? I have to do laundry too, and I don't have a laundry machine in the RV. So I am the girl that's dragging it to the laundromat. And it's in those moments that you either complain about it or you say to yourself, wow, I'm pretty lucky that I am traveling the country, that I am working for myself, that I, whatever that is that is inspiring you to make these, you still have to do the mundane things, but you still get to do all the other things that you're doing. And it really is that mindset. So I love that you brought in the happiness factor and really just, it's not necessarily fun to do some of the mundane tasks, but that leads us to this life that we get to just enjoy on the everyday. And that was one of the things that we figured out with RV life, right? It's a small space. We don't have a lot of privacy from each other. The kitchen's here. His office is behind the computer, his office, which is the chair. I'm here. So it's really about learning that harmony and that presence in the moment to really enjoy everything that's going on and not focus on the negative side of some things. Yeah. 
So can you get into kind of, I guess, the more nitty gritty about business? Like I know you had said in the beginning that it was really difficult for you to find your voice and like the confidence enough to like tell your story and then embed it in like your like veg inspired and your social media and all these things. So like, A, how long did it take for you to get into like a process where things were working really efficiently, but also how long did it take you for you to find your voice, your niche, all these things to then authentically share with the world? So that's interesting because... I think those things develop, right? It's really about embracing the who you are and the authenticity that you have because that's the relatable side. And to be honest, it took me a while. I would drip little bits of my authentic self in my blog posts, occasionally in my Instagram posts and in my stories, but I had this high standard of everything needing to be perfect. And that's not relatable. That's not the relatable factor. People need to know that you're a real human and that you might not eat whole food plant-based every second, or you might go to a restaurant and they might tell you something's vegan and it's not, and you might eat it. And learning that my audience needed that vulnerability. They needed that authenticity is what drove me to really embrace that. But the interesting part is until people start responding to that authenticity, it's so scary. Oh yeah. Because here you are trying to tell your story and there's nobody dropping a heart and you're thinking to yourself, is what I'm saying resonating? But then you get that one person who's like, you said exactly what I needed today. I needed to hear this. Or they share it. Or they drop that heart in the comments. Or they message you privately and say, it's like you're in my head. Then you really relinquish that perfectionism and that everything needs to be all in order. And you show your true self is really when you become the trusted leader. You become what your audience needs. That took a while. I would say even within the last year, I've been really refining how I go to market with my story because it's easy to see 40 pounds of weight loss, right? I mean, I lost 40 pounds. I can easily post before and after pictures. But what you can't see is that it changed my life. You can't necessarily see that the person that weighed all that weight with her smile on her face feeling sick, you couldn't see that. You can't see that in my before picture. You can't see that I struggled to bike on the path in Daytona Beach or that I struggled to walk around the flea market because I had such pain in my knees before really cutting out the oil and the high fat foods of of my vegan diet. And you can't see that in a picture. So you have to give that story. You have to give that byline because there might be somebody in your audience that needs that. They too thought that going vegan would make them healthy And now they're eating all these processed foods and they don't feel good. And so they think it's the veganism, but really it's the processed foods, which is what we try to get away from when we go away from the standard American diet. And I've just found that by letting go and being present, I can connect more. I can inspire more and I can educate more and I can help people more. It's a reminder It's a constant reminder to be authentic, to put out into the world that story so that you can help other people. But it does take time. 
Yeah. And it's also really, like you said, scary, right? The fear and judgment comes in. No one's watching. No one cares. I'm wasting my time. Thank God for video stuff like reels and TikToks, because once you start doing it, you're just like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing it. And like, you get more confident that way. But still, even with that, you know, sharing these behind the scene things and, you know, oh, I had a bad day or like, this is what's going on. It's it's terrifying because people also look at you as like an expert. So if you're saying, oh, this isn't working, you wonder for a second, are they going to discredit me? Are they not going to like me? Because it's not perfect. But then again, at the same point, it's like, well, then they're not your people either. And I think it's too, oftentimes when we're not authentic, people hold us to a high standard and they don't think they can get there, right? I am sure I have people in my audience, maybe even people listening right now that are like, well, I can't be whole food plant-based. It sounds too hard. It sounds too restrictive. And I work with people all the time and I say, it's not about that. It's about eating more plants. It's about doing what you love, right? If you're looking at it from a business standpoint, I can't be an entrepreneur. Well, can you share your passions and hire people to to be the expert? Can you look at where your zone of genius is and stay in that zone of genius and hire people to do the things that are scary that you don't might not want to do? And I think we get so caught up in what we can't do instead of looking at the opportunities and the ways that we can make something happen if we want it bad enough. Yeah. And also it kind of goes with, I've heard the saying recently where like, oh, if you commit to, let's say you're going to do X goal, right? You're going to eat vegan or, you know, whole food plant-based diet for, I'm going to do it for 30 days and, and not falter. And then if you falter, you like beat yourself up about it, but then you just jump back on it. And then you could say, okay, of the 30 days, I did 29, 28, 27 days worth of actually doing the thing which is still amazing because I never did that before. Like you just have to reframe it a different way just because you quote unquote made a mistake, which isn't even a mistake. Like you now know what to look for going forward. Like, oh, I messed up because I went to a barbecue that only had hot dogs and I didn't prepare or I didn't ask or I didn't, you know, whatever it is now, you know. And so going forward, you can make better decisions. Like it's not a, oh, beat yourself up. I'm terrible. It's just come from a different mentality, different, you know, strategy. Exactly. And I tell people all the time, Focus on what you can control. Yeah. You're in control. You are making the decision. Ask yourself, do I really want to eat that? Is that the only option I have? Is that the best option? Which of these options is better for me right now? It may not be perfectly aligned with my, like you said, whole food plant-based in 30 days, but it's vegan. But it's a better option than I would have eaten if I ate whatever animal products. So it's, it's really about, like you said, reframing it and looking at how you can make the best choice within your control because things are out of our control. Yeah. There are things that are outside of your control, but you have a choice regardless. Right. But I do like that you mentioned through all of this, right. You have your cats, you have, you know, you went from vegan, which was like completely rejecting the idea of any type of animal products. Can you touch on your, I know you have a dream, but I don't want to give it away. Like, can you kind of share with everyone another fun fact, if you will? Yes, absolutely. One of the first things that we did after really transitioning to going vegan was visit a local animal sanctuary, a farm animal sanctuary in Pittsburgh. And I just fell in love. I fell in love with the pigs and the chickens. And I was I have a picture of me holding this beautiful silky chicken. And I said to my husband, I said, gosh, I would love to donate to these. And so my big grand dream is to create a foundation that helps fund these lower funded animal sanctuaries and really get their name out and help them get 
their additional funding or help them build resources to be able to take in more animals because a lot of the smaller foundations are run by families and volunteers and it would be wonderful to be able to support them and help them educate others in animals and animal agriculture and a lot of them do a lot of educational programming. So that's my big goal is to create a foundation that supports the animal sanctuaries and really help educate people. It's really cool how like it all falls together too, right? You love animals and just coincidentally you end up finding this whole food plant-based diet, which obviously like supports the notion of not eating animals. So it's like a full circle, like life always works like that. But it is really cool that you're doing that too, because it can, in theory, Veg Inspire could be one of the things that help fund that dream in the future. It's definitely something that's possible. Exactly. And I, my business coach always says that the more money you make, the more people you can help. And in my case, it's the more, more people and animals that I can help. So, so awesome. It's just a fun little caveat to my whole, the whole niche, the whole, my little place in the world. Yeah. So cool though. Very needed. Very, very needed. So I know we've like talked about a myriad of subjects. You've touched on all these amazing things and given people great insight on what it is you're doing and tips. When I wrap up podcast episodes, I always ask guests one remaining question is if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? So what would you tell younger Kathy? I would tell younger Kathy to take more risks and eat more plants. I feel like I spent a lot of my 20s doing what was expected. And if my younger self could take a few more risks and eat more plants, she likely would have done different things or accomplish things or maybe enjoyed enjoyed the journey a little bit more earlier, right? We always say, if I knew then what I know now, gosh, things would be so different. And what do they say? The van in the, living in a van down by a creek was such a weird thing to, to dream. And now I'm thinking, wow, you know, if my younger self had only known, maybe they would have set out, set out on this adventure earlier. So yes, definitely take more risks and eat more plants and really harness that being present in every day because every day is an adventure. It's a gift. Exactly. So where can people find you, Kathy? Awesome. You can find me at Veg Inspired on Instagram. I'm very active there answering direct messages. I love to connect with anybody in the space, whether they're entrepreneurial or plant-based or RVers, whatever you're looking to get. And also I have a Veg Inspired Foodies Facebook group where I go live each week, share tips and tricks and recipes and really provide some additional support. So I'd love to connect with people there as well. Awesome. And then for the listeners, you can obviously go to corporatequitter.com and find Kathy's profile and she'll have all the details about her books, her Instagram, everything there so you can get in touch with her or purchase her, you know, one of her cookbooks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was really awesome. Glad that we, you know, we connected and did this. Yes. Thanks, Gabby, so much. I really enjoyed this. And thanks to the listeners. I love sharing my story with you. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter podcast. Make sure to check out corporatequitter.com for extended content and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter and to learn more about how you can leave the nine to five, follow our host Gabby on Instagram or TikTok at she likes to gab. 